Hello and welcome to another end-of-the-year episode of Triassic Park. We're going to talk about all about the top 10, yes there were 10, monster movies from 2020. And because we're recording at the end of 2020, 2020 just had to do one last little surprise. And that was to make us record this episode twice. Hello Jason, who is joining me. Hello, how's it going? Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Happy to be here again. <laughs> and talk about movies that you loved again. Uh-huh. So I, I made a top 10 list. We'll go through my top 10 list, and then we'll talk about all of the kind of uh, the outliers, some stuff that you saw that I couldn't see, um, and, and that kind of stuff, um, stuff that maybe was unable to be seen kind of thing. So sure. um, yeah, so we'll, we'll go through this. Um, so my uh, nine... It, it... In the, like, roughly on this, I think this 10 list, I've seen, like, half of them probably, so we can talk Right, about yeah, you, have, you haven't seen as many, and also it's just because you don't have the time. Also, a lot of these are not readily available. We'll kind of get into that. There are some kind of, like, a tricky mm-hmm. um, distribution for some of these that are kind of make it a little bit wibbly-wobbly to find, um, and uh, we'll talk about that as we get to that. Uh, and my 10 and 9 both really fall under the same umbrella which is god raiga versus king oga and conga tnt <laughs> both of these are not good movies <laughs> just up up front they're they are not good movies in the kind of conventional sense uh god raiga versus king oga this is shinpei hayashiya joint he's known for a lot of independent kaiju movies um this is actually the third in a trilogy he made um, all of which have been released by SRS Cinemas. Um, and the covers really make it look a little bit uh, misleading because these are not uh, top-of-the-line, super highbrow movies. These are really kind of low-budget. Um, you know, there are entire scenes that are just done with action figures in this. Um, but it was fun to watch, and I really had a good time watching it. And, like, at the end of the day that's kind of all you really want from a movie. Um, now again, even, even amongst Kaiju fans, people seem to hate this movie. Even people who like Shinpei Hayashiya movies seem to hate this movie. So, um, just keep that in mind. This is, this is a very wacky movie. Um, and it also a lot of times it just looks like, uh, somebody, um, you know, just, had uh, a whole bunch of coke and then just kept hitting every effects button on after effects so <laughs> it's crazy it's a fucking insane which is movie. all i want from a movie actually of course of course you know just complete insanity and uh, madness uh and conga tnt is um is is in the same line but it has there's different reasons for for why it is the way it is um, this was this one was all made during the quarantine, um, so keep that in mind. I actually know um, one of the actors who was in this, uh, John Milligore. Um, he, I met him at a dinner party once back in the day, and we had a discussion. And he's been in a lot, a lot of these types of movies, um, Raiders of the Lost Shark, which you know classic classic and, 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 and that's, that's quite the name i love it in, 
in movie titling. Um, but he's also like been a zombie in like pretty much every independent zombie movie ever because they just need a zombie and he just films it in the backyard and he's in it. Uh, he's even in the he's even in the Zack Snyder Dawn of the Dead. Um, so who knows? Maybe he'll show up in Batman v Superman. Who knows? You know, he just shows up with a cameo. Uh, everyone's coming back for that. That's movie, the only so. addition the Snyder Cut actually is. <laughs> There's a zombie suit. Just, just disconnected shot of him in a backyard. Um, Kaga TNT uh, has very charming moments where it's just people who are clearly just somebody's kids. Like these are like these are like you know when they, there's kid actors who are like trained for the to do performances. And then there are kid actors who are just literally kids because they just at one point in this movie they just give kids a uh, a king like a basically a King Kong plushie and they just play with it for at least ten minutes where they're like oh we gotta hide this monkey from mom oh we've gotta we gotta play on the the, the swing set with this monkey and like that is that emotional. monkey supposed to be Kong. Yes, it's supposed to be Conga because it's like he's basically yeah. like he slowly grows. So it's basically like this gotcha. an alien formula and he slowly grows mm-hmm. and slowly grows. And like the emotional connection he has with his kid, these kids is actually very important to the end of this really goofy movie. Um, and uh, there's all kinds of like really uh, hilarious ways to, to kind of get around making effects sequences because they, they use a lot of actual demolition footage from, you know, from just every day, like people destroying, uh, you know, taking down nuclear power, old nuclear power plants, old apartment buildings, like everything. Like it's very clearly it's demolition footage. Footage from 9 11, and they just put the fucking <laughs> conga in front no, of it. No. There's a Pruder film. <laughs> conga <laughs> film. The monkey's just coming out of the janky's head. Uh, <laughs> Here's me, bitch. Fucking Kanga laying on the grassy knoll with a rifle. But no, this is actually a very, like, a well meaning, silly, dumb movie um, that I found myself being charmed at. A lot of it mm. takes place in Canada. So, again, I have uh, a little bit of fondness for just cool. seeing Canada being destroyed. And there's very few giant monster movies from Canada. So, you know. I'm. I'm. Uh, you gotta, gotta, gotta support the nation. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, either of these films, but I'd be interested to see them because you know it sounds like they have some heart behind them at least, like some passion. So I'm right. And and again, we'll see as this list goes on. Um, passion does make <laughs> make me like a movie a little bit more and give me uh, a little bit more leeway um, than some other uh, other things out there uh, do. And then, so, I'm going to let you talk, because uh, the next movie, is, which is n- number eight, that this is monstrous, which you, which you have seen. Yeah. I will say, um, I, I, I think that I like it because it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a competent film. It doesn't hit everything 
that it wants, but it's uh, it's very much more professionally made than a good half of this list. <laughs> and I thought they tried for themes. Maybe it didn't didn't go all the way, but it had also had a great kill. So yeah, yeah. So um, I want to say first and foremost, like we're going to spoil some of these films. Um, yes, yes. So we'll let you know before we do that if you want to skip forward a little bit, um, just because I think it's necessary to talk about what we think some of the problems are and what puts it where it is. I think. Right. Eight is a fine place, you know, if you saw 10 monster movies, right, I know you saw more than that, but if you're going to put it on a list, I don't think it's wrong for it to be at eight, because I think there's some good things about this film. I think it's competently shot. Um, there's right. some scenes that I think are framed really well. There's, um, I think, the Bigfoot, when he's in this film, um, when, when Bigfoot makes an appearance a couple times... It's um it looks good the costume looks great um uh, the way that um the way that um size is demonstrated between people and the Bigfoot is as effective as I've ever seen like this is you know scale is really well employed in this film there's a scene where um, a friend is on the side of the road, one of the friends of the main character, and it just pans out and you see the Bigfoot um, next to him. And he's like, it looks like it's at his, he's at its waist. It, it's very tense. There's tense moments in this film that work. The problem for me at least, and this is where I'm going to get into spoilers. So if you don't want to be spoiled for Monstrous, um, you know, please skip ahead a little bit. Um, is that... It's a film that attempts, I feel like, to try to say something or bring parallels thematically about people being monsters versus monsters being monsters and people being um, worse than monsters in some cases. And essentially what you have here is a serial killer film um, with a monster in it and the serial killer in a, it is like... well. So the, the, the premise of this film is that um, a girl and her friend have been trying to track down their missing friend, who they believe has been abducted um, some years ago, I believe, right? Um, and find that, and been doing, and also Bigfoot investigating for some reason, because it all appears in this um, in the area of, of New York State, um, where the most Bigfoot appearances um, happen to be. Um and they think it might be Bigfoot involved, but they also think it might be a person involved. And they notice the person on Craigslist traveling to the same location that their friend traveled with. And they think it's the same person. So they go along with this journey. And it turns out that, um, yes, there's a Bigfoot, but also this person is a serial killer. Uh, who has been abducting these girls. And the Bigfoot's not the monster that it's been purported to be. Um... I guess it's taking revenge because its baby was run over. Is that, <laughs> yeah. is that what's happening? It's sort of I like, so. uh, yeah, I, I, the beginning of this film is, oh, it got me very excited because I thought I was watching, I know what you did last summer meets a Bigfoot. Um, and I was like, oh shit, I can't wait for a Bigfoot slasher. Maybe it puts on a, you know, a rain slicker and um, takes a hook and kills people. I was super excited. Um, but no, the Bigfoot's just trying to get back at this woman, I guess, because she was part of the people that ran over the baby at the beginning. Um, but aside from that, the Bigfoot's barely in this film. 
And it just doesn't... The problem with this film, I think, is writing. It, it needed a couple more rewrites. It needs to pin its themes together better because it does just doesn't do a good job of it. Um, and, you know, I'll, I'll let you respond to this, but, like, I do think it's also sort of problematic that you have this lesbian relationship and one of the lesbians is a serial killer who's, like, luring other women in as a lesbian. Not that that couldn't happen, but it just... In a film like this, it gives me flashbacks to, like, High Tension, which is sort of like... Right. Yeah. Lesbianism is... Causes people to murder people, and I'm like, oh, I'm, that's not great. Um, yeah. I'm sure that's not what the writer intended. It's just a... It's just... Um, so I don't, I don't want to levy that on, on that. I think I'm... You know, I know this has a woman writer, so I'm sure that that wasn't the intention. It's just that because the, uh, the everything... writer Go ahead, I'm is sorry. actually the the lead character. The, okay. the person who is the lead character is also the the writer. Okay. I I do think one of the issues is they don't do any backstory for the killer, right? So yes, like they they that's probably where uh, the issue of you can just pretty much read whatever into it, right? Like it's very easy to read, you got, and you got to put your way. themes together if you're gonna do a, something that. Um, specific right like you have to you have to very narrowly weave those stories together so that they're they make sense thematically together the bigfoot and the the supernatural element and the right um and i'm sure at the top of your list we have a film that's sort of similar to that where we'll talk about where they did it right um but yeah that's that's my criticism of it no no that's fair that's fair and and again i i agree with that i just think of all the movies we watched, this is one of the more more competently made independent budget films, and you know I think I think it showed a lot of promise. So like I I really do hope that the 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 cast and crew of this kind of keep going at it, keep making more movies, and For sure. uh, yeah. I think I think that I think think like like you said, the there was all the elements were there, they just didn't put them together perfectly, um, and I think that's probably the the best way to describe monstrous basically yeah and, and by the way um i think you can watch this film for free on tubi and amazon prime so um and here at least so um you could do worse with your time quite honestly than this film yeah exactly and again this is one of those ones that clearly was trying the actual bigfoot suit when they really get the suit out i thought it actually looked pretty good too so you know yeah yeah um face looks I, great I, yeah, exactly. Even like did some snarls and stuff. And you're like, oh wow, it's like actually some facial motion. Like that's impressive. Now we go on. Oh, to oh wait, before movie. I move on, the final oh. kill in this film is great too. Oh yeah, oh yeah, the final kill is is a, is really fun. Um, okay. Now go into a movie that I don't think has any amazing kills, uh, and that's Tremors, Shrieker Island. A lot of the my placement of this. Um, you know, at number seven is a lot of the fact that I have a lot of goodwill towards this franchise. Um, you know, Tremors as a franchise is one of my favorite franchises. I've even watched the television series. Um, I love Michael Gross in the lead role. Um, there's a lot of people who really talk highly about this movie in the horror, the horror community this year, and I don't really see it. Um, I think there's this. I, who? No, it sounds like it sounds like a calling people out i'm not trying to call people out. You dread, this is awesome. i want names glad. right now <laughs> no no i'm not giving you names um but uh i just i personally didn't see it um and i just thought that this movie had like a really good setup but not a great payoff um and i didn't love it as a it, it does 
definitively try to end Michael Gross uh, and Burt Gummer's story. As a human being who tries to end. <laughs> <laughs> tries to end him. And I didn't, I didn't fall in love with this being the end, basically. So you deserve better. Um, is that what you're saying? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I, yeah. I do think so. Like he's he played this character for like thirty years. Man. I mean, it's like, remarkable um, how he's been able to milk this franchise and turn it into a career, right? Like, I mean, post Family Ties, what else would have that dude have done if Tremors didn't come along? You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like uh, you know, I, I I agree, and I, it is kind of uh, kind of amazing that they really are still going there, right? Uh, and I. Oh, it's, I just want to say, I, I don't want to make it sound like I think he's lucky. I think he did a great job with this character over the years. I think he made this role iconic. Like, he willed it into existence almost on the, on his, yeah. you know? Truly. So. I, and and I think um, of the Tremors movies, I would still put this near the bottom. Um, this, for me, is number is, is, is It's better than six, which is the last movie where they color-corrected uh, snow, which was just sand. They just made sand look white for snow, and it was... They really they really did some bad stuff in that one. Um, and this <laughs> one, um, you know... Yeah, the, the, there's no Jamie Kennedy here, so at least we got that. <laughs> um, Jamie so. Kennedy not available for Shrieker's Island, believe it or not. He had a dentist appointment, or what, what's going and on? They, and if he was, if he's supposed to be uh, Burt Gummer's son. So, like, it, it really did feel weird. Oh, that is he that wasn't... what he's arrested for magic mushrooms? That's what happened? Is that... Yes, yes. He was, he's arrested in the movie. He's arrested. <laughs> that, is that for just magic what happened mushroom. to actual Jamie Kennedy? <laughs> Probably. That's where he is right now. He, he doesn't even know there's a pandemic. He's just still on the mushrooms um but it's it's it, it really felt like they needed that character there because they had been building his relationship up with bert for two movies and then in this movie they actually introduce his mom as one of the main characters but he's not there so it's just like a weird there's a weird disconnect and they pretty much have to try to get fucking napoleon dynamite to take the place of what <laughs> yeah, it was with and, this movie. and i don't i don't love uh jamie kennedy in these movies like he's not the greatest person ever but you know they were building up a, a theme and a uh a relationship that they just kind of dropped with this movie because i guess jamie kennedy said no Ooh. can you imagine being john heater and uh you're the next in line after jamie kennedy holy <laughs> shit yikes um and I'd actually i'm sure mr heater is a great human being so i'm not trying to say anything bad about him um, but he's tough to watch, in my opinion. In this movie, in this movie especially, because they they don't really. I've never like, seen you him know. Sans Napoleon Dynamite do anything that's not tough to watch. Quite honestly, but... I'm just trying to be able to give, give him the benefit of the day. Yeah. Do okay, okay. Maybe Fair he's enough. listening. Maybe he's listening. Maybe Jamie Kennedy wants to know what he what he missed out on. Yeah. Um, He's listening too. I'm sure. I'm fucking. I'm sure he is. Um, on magic mushrooms. I, I, <laughs> on a, a short wave radio that he's fucking put together in his Mexican prison cell uh, from spare parts from the rec center. Um. I, yeah. So I mean, for me, um, I probably actually put this below monstrous. Um, I, but I also think it sort of has some fun stuff to it. It's just, um, I, I think. Michael Gross in this role is always fun to watch, and that's this is no exception. Um, he's pushing late seventies at this point, 
and I would say he's fine in this role still. Like, I would say he's better in this role than Harrison Ford was in the last Indiana Jones film, The Crystal Skull, um, and probably will be in that next Indiana Jones movie, which I can't believe is happening, but, you know. Um, he moves okay. Um, I think the... Uh, you know, and I think he does a good job with what he's given. And the film certainly rests a lot on his shoulders. So right. Um, right. I, I think that's commendable, right? Um, I, and I, don't, I think this is a decent performance in a objectively bad film. I, I think my problem comes with the monsters. <laughs> Um, I just don't think you're compelling. Like I've seen, so, so just some background. I've only seen through Tremors four, I believe, which is the one that takes place in the past. Um, I haven't seen five and six. I can't believe there's seven fucking Tremors films, but here we are. Um, I think the first film is a goddamn miracle. Like, I think it's almost perfect. It, every time I watch it, I have some bizarrely and i've seen it a bunch of times every time i go into it i'm i underestimate it and it always exceeds my expectations it's just a really good film like it holds up so well and um so i think that sort of hurts every other tremors film in this in a way right it's big shoes to fill i think um right that's that's fair that's it's an incredible monster design one of the greatest ever it looks so good even now Right? And then they sort of... Oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to... I know you're going to add something to that. So. No, 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 no. Um, I, you know, the one of the things I was going to make a joke about, one, is that why do these characters always have such disappointing sons? You got fucking Mutt Williams with Indiana Jones, and then you got fucking Jamie Kennedy with for right. fucking Burt Gummer. Don't know about that. I'll take Jamie um, Kennedy over Shia. Yes, yes, I, I, I mean, look God. at the news. Yes, yes, I, I look <laughs> at the news. Yes, yes, I would too. Um, but uh, it, it, that's that's always weird. Um, two, they just don't do enough different with the like the the streakers in this one. Like the streakers are just kind of boring because they don't do as much just as they could. Some Jurassic Park. Right, but like you say, that is a bad thing, right? Like I never tire of watching Raptors, right? Like there's well, something. Well, the Raptors have more personality, right? Right, <laughs> like that's, right. That's there's the like thing. there's no personality. There's no one of the things about like the original Tremors two is the street shriekers are like made to be like a complete one eighty on the the characters, right? Because like the characters are like, oh, we've only prepared for graboids, and now there's this other creature, and we're not prepared for this, and that's where all the fun of Tremors two like happens is that it's basically like they are kind of just kind of thrown for a loop because they were not expecting this. Um, whereas here they're just, they're not, they don't feel like a threat really. Um, they, they get taken out pretty easily. Um, and, uh, they're just not as fun as the graboids. Um, if there was a scene where a shrieker was on, um, a plane or a train sitting across from Michael gross and they had a conversation. Gummer. Gummer. <laughs> Would you Gummer. feel differently about the Gummer. Gummer. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, I would. Bert. Bert. <laughs> Jamie Kennedy. Oh, uh, good. Jamie, Jamie Kennedy, you're terrible. <laughs> Give up, Andy. <laughs> um, Get off the play. Get off the play, Jamie. Get off the play. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and also I think um, the cast of, in this film, the cast around Michael Gross is pretty bad. bad. They're not great. They're not John great. John Heater's and tough they, to they, watch. 
Yeah, they don't. They don't, they don't I'm gonna disagree and say the end send off for him. I don't mind. I kind of liked it. I felt a little something. You know, I felt a little something. I like that it kind of. You know, it uh, matches with the first kill from the first graboid at the end. Um. So yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that's a spoiler for this film. Sorry, I spoiled. Yeah, I guess. I guess spoilers, spoilers. But um, you know what? To be honest, I will definitely be watching this again. The, I, have a, I have an issue where I watch all these Tremors movies, so this will be watched again. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It'll be many times. We didn't get Ass Blasters. They said the name, but then we never saw them, did we? Well, because you got plenty of those in uh, 5 and 6, so okay. they kind of had to go back. Because basically in 5 and 6, they just take out Streakers. That's why it was kind of a big deal-ish that they're returning in this movie, because they just they just took them out the last they two times. They could have left them. They could have left them, to be honest. But anyways, uh-huh. now we go on to a movie... You love your favorite movie of all time. One that you've talked so like last episode, guys, I would have had to edit like two hours worth of him talking about how much you loved Notzilla. So describe this film to our audience, please. Okay. So Notzilla is a very broad spoof of 1950s monster movies where it punches up for the most part, which I thought was kind of interesting because a lot of it is kind of about uh, a lot of the sexism and racism of these old movies and how like the, the, the hero scientists in most of these movies are actually like really fucking insane uh, megalomaniac assholes who just don't care uh, about anything. I mean, literally watch uh, it came from beneath the sea, which is the, a Ray Harryhausen joint with a giant octopus the main character of that movie is basically the main character of this, like of the main villain of this movie. Uh, he's a terrible sexist asshole. Um, but um, I, I, I feel like there's a lot of heart to this. I really like a lot of the things they did with the effect sequences, the jokes around the actual suits and the kaiju and stuff like that. I thought it was really cool and fun and, and, and well-natured. Um, I, I, I do come in with a, a lot of foreknowledge about this movie because I actually did a lot of listening to like interviews with the director and, um, you know, and, and things like that. So I, I'm not kind of going in blind, um, and, and hearing the journey of this movie and the heart behind it, it, it is surely affecting my overall opinion of this movie um there's a plenty of jokes that don't work uh a lot of jokes that don't work but there are, i think there are quite a few jokes that do work uh and i find it charming um but it's definitely not perfect and um jason you can now say that this is um a war crime or whatever you're gonna say this is really bad guys um where we disagree is you said um some of these jokes work and they none of them work as far as i'm concerned like in my opinion um, this is like in the vein of like scary movie type of not 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 no, not in the cause... sense of not in the sense of like the quality of the jokes. Just like this is the type. That's what type of movie this is, right? That's right. right. Um, Naked Gone, whatever you want to call it. I'm sorry. Um, I wasn't trying to say because I think scary movie is in some ways deplorable, and I don't think this movie is deplorable. I just don't think it's funny. That's it's... totally fair. Um, I mean, these are the level of jokes you're getting. Like, the underground base is called The Snuggie, and they repeat that joke, I think, 16 times in the movie. Um, And they put it, show it to you on paper as if, you know, and in print in case you didn't get it. 
um, they, <laughs> when it wasn't funny the first time. That's what makes it funny. No, that's what no, makes it funny for see, me okay. is that they keep throwing anyway. Okay. Um, disagree. Hard disagree. But you know that's 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 you know that's where we um, disagree on this film. Like I think this film, um, I appreciate it's trying to attack the racism and sexism of the '50s films. I think that's laudable but i think if you want to make a case that you can make a good film without them you have to make a good film and this isn't um you know and and i think you're doing worse by making this film um for attacking those tropes because this film is in my opinion unwatchable um (laughs) it's an hour and 18 minutes and felt like 18 hours um, watching every joke is goes on and on and on and it's not funny um and, and again i think this is an incredibly difficult genre to pull off i think it's been pulled off in the history of hollywood a few times right and, and it's been right. tried many 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 times so like i mean i, I just want to say i think the difficulty level for making a spoof film and making it watchable and making it a, what's considered a good film is incredibly high. I think you need an incredibly charismatic comedic genius on the, on the level of, um, you know, Gene Wilder or, you know, um, or, um, Leslie Nielsen. Nielsen Yeah. Um, yeah, And and that's about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like if you think of all those films, the ones that have ever worked have been, you know, um, have been those, have been those two actors essentially um, involved. Um, I mean, some people argue um, um, Hot Shots Part Two or Hot Shots, um, Charlie Sheen pulls it off. But um I just think it's a really, really difficult, difficult genre to pull off, and they just don't hear, and it makes it unwatchable. And also, I think, um, I think it's it, well. I also think I want to add. You know, I'm trying to defend this movie a little bit and say, like, I think there's no two ways about it. It's either something that sticks and becomes a cultural touchstone in a way, or it's unwatchable. Like, I don't. I think it's just such a hard genre to to make work. Um, and I could see, you know, people who love, I love monster films. I can, I know uh, many of the films I've seen almost all the films that they're spoofing in this film. So it's not a matter of that for me. It's just that it's, no jokes are funny. That's, that's it. All right. On to the next movie. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Underwater. This movie is not too bad. It was one of the last things I saw in the theater that felt like a really cinematic experience. Um, it really hits the ground running. Um, the giant monster appears at the very end of the movie. Spoiler alert! Um, but you know there there's a, there is a. Wait a minute! I thought T.J. Miller was at the beginning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why I really have this movie lower than a lot of things is because T.J. Miller is in this movie a lot. But the problem is that like everyone else is pretty good. It's got a Robux station. There you go. Bam bam bam. Christian Stewart is amazing. Amazing. Uh, I just think, um, you know, there are some annoying characters that don't really get... The, and it's not really anything new, I think, is one of the things. No, is no, that for sure. is very yeah. 
well-trodden ground. Um, but it is, I, I had a good time watching it. It's number five. I think it's a, an actually a, a good movie. Um, it's just not a great movie, I would say. I think it's a really fun film. Um, and I think it works really well. I mean, what do you... Spoiler alert for this film. Spoiler alert for Underwater. What do you think that, of the idea that this is Cthulhu? I, fu- I fucking hate Cthulhu. So I okay. never want to talk about Cthulhu again. I want Cthulhu to get eaten by Noxzilla. Whatever the fuck, man. Just kill kill Cthulhu. <laughs> Noxzilla versus Cthulhu. That'll be the next <laughs> one. Uh, <laughs> it would be a lot less racist than everything else Cthulhu said. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just, I, 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 I don't really like Cthulhu as a mythos or as a monster or anything like that. I, I don't really care for Cthulhu, which is probably the most controversial thing I've ever said. Hmm. Well, I also said Nazilla was good, so yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was more controversial. <sighs> okay. Next up is. No, let's go. Do you have anything else you want to say? No, no, no I, no. I think Underwater's fine. It's good. Kristen Stewart's great. Great. I she want to see her in everything. I love her. That's it. Okay, okay. Uh, Kristen Stewart, um, make sure you get that restraining order in ASAP. ASAP. If Kristen Stewart was in Notzilla, it'd be worth watching. <laughs> it is worth watching. Anyways, we're also talking about the Lake Michigan Monster. This one you would actually enjoy. Um, this one is... This you haven't seen this one, but it's it's very good. Um, it's very low budget, um, but it's a lot more. It's a lot less broad. It's a comedy film. It's a comedy giant monster film, but it is really really stylistic, and it really really has like a really good consistent tone and a very consistent style um, that it that it's telling. And I think the humor would work a lot more for you in, in this movie because it's less of a spoof. It's not a spoof movie. It's just a comedy monster movie kind of thing. Um, cool. And it really gets wild in the third act, and it is, it is really worth checking out. Um, again, we're getting into the, the everything – Five and up, I would say, are legitimately good, worthwhile movies that you should see. Yeah, I can't wait to check this out. It's on my list. I'm definitely checking out in the next couple days. So, um, sweet. Can't wait to check it out. Yeah. Next up is Attack of the Giant Teacher. Now, um, I also should have mentioned that Konga TNT, God Raiga versus King Oga, and this movie are all only available through SRS Cinema. Um, and these are all movies I bought sight unseen. I had not seen them at all, and I was like, well, I'm pre-ordering them and getting them, get them in my in Canada, media belly. Attack of the 50-Foot Teacher is uh, to be. Attack of the Giant Teacher? Attack of the Giant of the... Teacher, I'm sorry. Yes. Oh, okay, okay. So I, I guess, but uh, SRS Cinema is the only way to get it on on disc, basically, I guess. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't care if it's to be, to be nonsense. <laughs> what? What, what, what. Um, this is a movie I've heard that not everyone loves. Um, the actual giant monster stuff. This movie is only an hour and ten minutes, and the giant monster stuff only appears really in the last ten minutes. Most of it is a um, a fairly well thought out, pretty solid, I would say, emotional movie about a teacher who is just kind of a lazy night school teacher who never really cares. Uh, but then they find out that the school they, they they are all attending is about to close, so they 
the students really want to put on one last show, a, a play um, for the, the school and for their talent show, basically, and kind of just be like, hey, it's one last hurrah for the school before it closes. And also so that, you know, he can have, um, you know, good references for when he eventually goes on for other jobs eventually, too, right? Like, that's one of the things, like, the conflicts of the movie is that like, the kids are like, oh, he really cares. But then, like, they find out, well, no, he's maybe he's just doing it for, like, to get ahead in, in, in like the job market once he loses his job after this. And also uh, some of the classmates are aliens, basically what happens. And uh, the aliens, sh- the last minute uh, alien shows up after the talent show and after the play, and then an edited monster shows up and the, the teacher then fights the monster. Um, and it's very goofy, but I found it very heartwarming and I really connected to it on an man- emotional level which I don't think a lot of people have. Um, so that's just a me movie, possibly. Uh, that and Notzilla are movies that only I will watch and enjoy, apparently. In the fa- same vein, also cheating. This one is a bit of a cheat. This is Howl from Beyond the Fog, which is an amazing movie, but it's really only 35 minutes long. So it's a very short movie. Um, and it has uh, a really great sense of artistry to it. Uh, it's also only available to through SRS. Maybe it'll go onto Tubi eventually, not sure. Uh, but this one just came out. Uh, like, I literally, I watched it a few days ago for the first time. And it's all done with puppets. And uh, the creature is like a conventional tokusatsu creature. But the... the the main bulk of the movie is uh, achieved through through puppets. I should also point out that Howl from Beyond the Fog, Japanese movie, Attack of the Giant Teacher is also a Japanese movie, just in case I, I didn't mention that, uh, just so you know. Um, it's, a, it's a Japanese school teacher. It's kind of important that it's in Japan. Um, but Howl from Beyond the Fog is a very artist, Art, artistic movie i would say and has a lot of really compelling elements to it and a really really strong sense of style um and it's just a very very unique monster movie um and the the use of puppetry i think is extremely effective and i really hope that uh, daisuke sato um is able to maybe uh do another movie like this or um something very different but he he is able to get a full funding and and really go all out because uh this movie is really special and uh i think it's worth watching next up final one this one is south south korean this is my number one this is amazing this one is fantastic this is uh one of the best movies of the year uh that's monstrum um now jason i know you saw this one so please illuminate world so i just want um before i get into my feelings about this film um i just i guess i'll just talk about what it's about um so that we can have a robust conversation about it i'm just gonna say um well actually i'll say up front monstrum um maybe my number one film horror film of the year i think it's a phenomenal film i don't think it's a perfect film um but in 2020 where we have you know um limited release like i just uh, limited releases i think um that we would have in a typical year um monstrum um gives us a lot like it's a contender for number one right um 
It's a film, though, that has a lot of thematic elements that I think play in a lot of South Korean films. Would you say? Would you agree with that? Yes. Monster yes, films. Yes. Um, so, yeah. so it's it's one of those South Korean films that takes place during feud the feudal era of South Korea, right? Yes, um, yes. There's, there's another zombie movie, I think, called, called The Kinga, Kingdom that this kind of reminded me Kingdom of. Kingdom is a um, series, though, right? Oh, right. So that's a, there was a movie. There oh, was okay. a movie that was that was Kingdom very is good. great as well, remember. by the way, the series. Um, but th- that is right. very similar to this as well. Um, in in yes. in, ter- in idea as well. Um, in in like what the 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 thrust behind it is, right? Which is um, a film about um, the monarchy in during feudal times and how it oppresses people. Um, and the monster is very much a metaphor for the extension of violence that the monarchy is willing to put upon the people and the oppression upon them um, to get them to bend to their will through fear, right? Would you yep. agree with that? Yep, yep, um, yep. So, yeah, I mean, I'm just going to leave it at that. It's incre- It's impeccably shot. It's a beautiful film. Um, it's very well acted all the way through. Um the monster, I think, and I'm just going to try not to give it away before we get into spoilers, um, I think is incredible. Um, so that, the, just that, if, that, if that's something that pe- that checks your boxes, I would just say watch Monstrum. Just stop what you're doing and go watch it. It's on Netflix. Um, it's, watch it. <laughs> like, I, I don't know what else to say. Um, yeah, I think it's a really elegant film. Um, so yeah. Anything you want to add to that before we get into spoilers? You have a more in-depth conversation. No, 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 no. That uh, that is uh, that's all pretty much uh, sums some, up exactly how I feel. Some great sword fighting in this film as well. Really good, really good. I, 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 and again, it's one of those one of those uh, films that um, really gets all of its elements done really well, right? Like the monster element is good, the sword fighting is good, the the general story I think is really really compelling. Um, I think even the comedy bits work really well. Uh, they're not overplayed. There's a couple and, moments uh, that I don't love com- comedically, like the eunuch stuff. I'm like, okay. Um, right. Well, but but yeah. that, you know, that's, but, a, that's a glimpse of a moment. Again, I'm nitpicking. I think this is a great film. Like, right. I'm not, you know. Um, I don't, I think there's some Hollywood elements of this film that I wish they had taken a harder turn on. Right. So that that'd be my yeah, like biggest no, criticism. I, I understand that, but I I I enjoyed that. Okay, that's so. fine. That's fair. I mean, I, I I'm just you know uh, that's a personal preference too, right? Like um, yeah. So yeah, um, I I just want to talk about the monster a little bit. So spoilers for this. There is a you know they play coy with whether there's a monster or not, and I was I legitimately was wondering um, whether there actually was one or not in this film. Um, but when it's revealed, it's essentially the uh, mix between a giant tiger and a gorilla, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it was, uh, it was brought in as like, you know, an exotic animal into South Korea to be... From the far um, west, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, almost, um, I I enjoyed that. That gave me a good... Like, chuckle-like, because it's almost sort of, we do that a lot, like, the mystical East, and it sort of right, turns the yeah. table on us a little bit, and I enjoyed that. 
yeah, that was uh, that, that was kind of very cool and, uh, and and funny to do. But like the the monster itself is like not born evil, right? Like it's just oh. like a, a normal cute animal that oh. like there was a man who like cared for it and and, and it was like a, a, a respected Little part of the kingdom. Sparkle is cuter than Baby Yoda. Oh yes, yes I'm yes, just gonna yes, say that outright. Yes. He is adorable. Uh, and even when he's um, fully in monster mode, he has committed less war crimes than Baby Yoda. So. Uh, well, there's also the idea that he's Justice been for forced to feed on plagued animals, so he, like, spits this plague out as well. So there's yeah. also the idea that, like, disease is played out as a monster itself simultaneously, which is really interesting as well, especially considering we're living through a pandemic. Um, so I just wanted to add that as well. Sorry. Yep. No, no, no. hundred percent. Um, he, he's actually feeding on plagued humans because like the pit where he's in that that's where they throw the, uh, all the diseased people, right? Yeah. Like, and he's, and he's just like, you know, fully kind of got plagued and infected and, and everything like that. The, we're into spoilers now, so we're going to go oh, we're we're deep full into spoilers. spoilers. Yeah. You don't like that the main character lives, right? That, that was a thing that you didn't like. Yeah, I mean, I just think that there's um, a bunch of things that it just leans um, into, like, um, yeah, you know, the 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 characters being sort of um, having plot armor. You know, I think that happens a couple times in the film. And again, I'm nitpicking. Like, I don't, I don't think it doesn't ruin the film for me. I'm not being like a jerk about it. Like, I just. You know, I do appreciate that even in that moment, right? Like a typical bad Hollywood film would have just left at him being alive, but they did kind of like come back and show him um, coming up with a plan that actually saved right. him, which I appreciate yep. that extra effort, um, which made which softened the blow of that a little bit because obviously if he hadn't done that, there's zero chance he would have lived through that. Um, probably mm-hmm. very small percentage he would have lived through it anyways. But um, yeah, I, I mean, again, I'm just... You know, I'm I'm nitpicking there. Like, it doesn't ruin the film for me. I think it would, you know, it, it's not awful in 2020 to have a film that has a happy end either. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. like, I mean, it's not, and I love that character. So, like, I was happy he was sort of alive. So, you know, I, um, yeah, I, I loved the girl, too. I thought she was awesome. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Even, I agree. The, even the, like, goofy sidekick, I was like, in for you know um i thought i was gonna hate him like i thought it was a little bit over the top but like i don't know making him like awesome at martial arts and like um the emotional aspect between them right I, are they actually brothers or was he just calling him brother because they felt like he was his brother i, I think i think it was they, i don't they i don't think they were actually brothers. yeah okay so, so. um that, that's even better you know what i mean like um you know, seeing that exile um, and him taking the child and all that stuff. Like, man, like, I think it hits all the right emotional beats as well. Um, I love that the mo- you mentioned the seeing the monster get raised. Like, I loved that moment. Not just because the, the monster's cute, because you, in a way, I, I'm not sure I felt like since, like, King Kong about a monster or, like, Okja maybe. I'm like, I was worried about what would happen to the monster. <laughs> like, I was, I, yeah. you know, and, and that's a hard feat for a CG monster, 
right? Yes, yes. Um, and by the way, it's good CG. It's not, you know, um, it's not, it, like, I love, the monster has all those, like, bubonic cysts on it, um, which makes it almost grotesque to look at, but at the same time adds, like, a really interesting layer of texture on, yep. on, the, on the skin of the monster that makes it just interesting to look at. Um, which most of the time when I look at CG stuff, I'm like, don't want to look at it anymore. Like, it's just too glossy and too, um, fake looking, but there's just layers of depth to the image beyond everything else, right? The noises it makes and the way it moves and the awesome shit it does when it just, like, throws people up into the air when it's running through them and stuff. Um, there feels like there's weight to the monster, you know? Yep. Which is tough to do with CG. I mean, I applaud yep. them for it. Yeah, no, I am. Uh, I am a hundred percent in agreement. I think so. A, that is a top ten. Yeah, I right? think this is a criminally underseen movie. Probably, I like people should go watch yeah, this movie. Yeah, it's it's on Shutter, and then it was also released on DVD. Oh, so, I'm sorry, I said um, Netflix. Right, it was Shutter. I apologize. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it's on Shutter, um, which is a great streaming service. But it's also on DVD. I think I don't know if it's a Blu-ray, but it might be just be DVD. But it but it has been released, so it, it is well worth tracking down however you can. Where would this fall on your like actual top ten of the year? This was, I think, number two. Awesome. I think it was number two on my. What was number one for you this year? Um, my number one was After Midnight, which oh, almost could film. count, which could almost count on this, right? Yeah. But it, it that's, wasn't I mean, that's quite, a good pick. Can't argue with that. Wasn't quite big enough uh, to uh, to get on there, but yeah, no, I. Uh, I mean, I think that would be I, my 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 three would be um, in the mix would be like this After Midnight and like Invisible Man would probably be like mix for yep. me. Yep. Um, but that's, you know, I think that, I think that was actually my, uh, top three. To be oh, honest. cool. So, yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was right, right, right in there. Um, and, uh, there were a few other movies that we, um, didn't make this list, um, because this was my personal list. So one of these movies would probably definitely make the list over not Zilla, uh, when we talk about how, um, <laughs> Jason feels about, uh, about one of these movies, um, <laughs> But uh, the ones that I, I was not able to uh, find or track down, Ebola Rex, which, yes, is a real God movie. Goddamn shame. I can't wait to see that film. Yeah. Uh, yeah oh, God. It looks hell. insane. Terrible. Be stupid. Terrible. Yeah. Um, the Beast Within, which is done by the same company as Ebola Rex, probably just as thoughtful. Uh, Monster Seafood Wars, which was a movie that was straight to um a festival circuit um by minoru kawasaki who is a very fun and funny uh japanese filmmaker so i'm sure that's great i just didn't get a chance to watch it i mixed missed out when i was playing at fantasia unfortunately monster hunter which i've heard is very bad i'm sure that's awful it's gotta be awful sure it's awful i would have watched it though because it literally came out the day we're recording this but they did not release it digitally did in theaters what and the i'm not fuck fucking dying doing? yeah i am not dying for a paul ws anderson movie what are they thinking um, emotionally or actual dying that so film should, regardless not... of pandemic should have just gone straight to digital yes yes <laughs> yes you are correct before we get into the uh, uh, final movie which uh, jason will talk about and have good things to say about i'm going to talk about one movie that i watched uh, two movies that i watched that didn't make it new mutants mm. i enjoyed it from an emotional level but it's very controversial there's a lot of whitewashing in the characters 
Um, they didn't even spell the creator's name right in the credits, uh, the, the creator of the original comic book, that is. Um, there's it, there's a lot of this movie's a mess. Um, I really fell for the emotional elements of the film, but I recognize that it's, it's pretty bad, to say the least, in a lot of ways. So... It's a shame. A I love that, the two lead actresses in that film. They're great. They are great. But uh, some of the lines they have to say, not, not so great, not so great. Um, it's worth pointing out, though, too, like that movie was on, got pushed back like 70 times. Like that movie was made, I it, think, in 1997, I think. Yeah, might as well. I mean... Uh, you know, some of the ways they wrote the characters, yeah, yeah. probably. Um, but uh, I, I don't know how many things like were reshot and how many recasts were done, right? Like this is a movie that like there's probably going to be a book written about it eventually because of how crazy the production of this thing got and how delayed everything got. So you can you can enjoy that on Cretaceous Park in 2075. <laughs> it, it did get the creator's name wrong in the credits as well. But... Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which they can't change. They cannot change the credits. They can't change. I'm they, sorry. Like, I should laugh. I'm legally, sure that dude is like, pissed. Legally, they cannot alter the credits. His tweet uh, about that is: I, someone should print that out and frame it and put it on their wall. That tweet. It's so fucking funny. How like aggravated he is. I mean, justifiably. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, but it's just outrageous that a Hollywood film. That went through so many versions. This movie was delayed for so long. Hilarious. You didn't think to do a double check of the fucking credits? <laughs> All you had to do was use the internet and look up the dude's name. Oh, God. Okay. I also watched the movie Dragon Soldiers, which just ripped off the base model of Drogon from Game of Thrones, but looked like they rendered it through a fucking PS1 and then threw it in the fucking forest. In <laughs> fairness, in Game of Thrones, he sometimes looked like he was rendered through so a PS1 he, as well. He, he, sometimes he did, to be honest. With you. But um, this was just a very silly, classical, basically it's like Predator, but they're dragons, and it's very goofy. Oh, wait, is there and... more than one dragon, or is it just one? No, there's just one dragon. Okay. Um, but um, the dragon has like weird powers, like where it can make people into cult members for the dragon by breathing on them, and they have real bad overacting cult people who are just like, "We must sacrifice to the dragon. We must capture people and sacrifice them to our god, the dragon." And then, like you know, a bunch of random ass mercenaries just show up and shoot them all. Um, okay. It's it's very dumb fun. Yeah, it's very cool. dumb fun. Non-offensive, dumb fun. I would say. I mean, honestly, that's not the easiest thing to do is to be non-offensive and dumb at the same time. You know, it's true. It is true. It is true. I I agree. I agree. What about Love and Monsters? This is the one that I was not able to see and that I really wanted to see. Um, well, a- Andrew, I'd say overall, um, you should see Love and Monsters. Um, I think it has a lot of good things about it, and I would definitely say... Uh, There's something I'm going to need to get into spoilers to talk about some of the problems I have with it, but I think overall it's a really fun adventure. Um, so let me just tell you what Love and Monsters is about. It's um, a film that was uh, directed by Michael Matthews, who's a, a South African director, Um also written by Brian Duffield, who uh, wrote one of your favorite films of all time. Do you know what that is? Aside from no. Underwater, right? Um, 
Uh, he also wrote um, The Babysitter. Yeah. Fuck you. <laughs> Big fan of that film, I know. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but this film um, has a really, you know... Um, fun kind of rompy script it really if i was going to make an analogy to another film it's really similar in terms of tone and in the way it's deployed comedically like zombie land so if that's a film that you enjoy the tone of um it takes its monster seriously as zombie land does as well for the most part right um i think you'll enjoy this film quite honestly it's it's a film that's about a guy who's living in the apocalypse a monster apocalypse um, the monster apocalypse, they call it. Um, that's because a giant um, asteroid was coming to destroy the Earth, and we fire um, nuclear, nuclear uh, missiles into it, and the fallout falls back to Earth and mutates a whole bunch of creatures living on Earth, all the creatures really, for the most part, and turn them into giant monstrous versions of yourself of themselves, um, which results in a diverse amount of monsters. Um, obviously all of them CG, but most of them look really, really good in my opinion and, um, interesting, right? So you get like giant centipede monsters, you get worms with teeth, you get, uh, giant frogs where their tongue like can devour you, um, all sorts of things. Um, and really nice. the premise of this, yeah, it's, it's cool. Um, a giant crab that looks great as well. Um, a giant snail, like it's, it's really really from a monster design standpoint obviously you're sort of just playing with creatures that already exist on earth and monsterifying them but they look cool and they're they're interesting to look at so um in regards to that like if that's something that also interests you like i think this film does a good job of that this is a movie essentially about a kid who um, falls in love with a girl pre-apocalypse, and then they get separated after the apocalypse um, 80 miles away from each other, and then he's a scaredy cat, much like, you know, um, the main character in Zombieland, right? So you sort of go through that same, I need to get over and be brave and all that stuff that kind of is running through Zombieland as well. Um, but he does it in the... Um, for love because he believes he loves this girl um and it, he, he travels 80 miles to where she is hiding because everyone's underground in different bunkers um and he does so with a dog um and also michael rooker shows up so michael rooker um with hair you know i'm pretty sure it's you know some kind wig. of wig wig yeah, i'm pretty sure wig it's a wig um wig it's a curly wig um but Michael Rooker's always fun, and he's fun in this. He's just not in it for that long. He's along with a little girl um, who's who's fun as well. Um, the main character is Dylan O'Brien, um, who was on the on the Teen Wolf show um, as Styles. My, fav my favorite. My yeah. favorite. I I've never that seen show that show. Someone. Have you seen Neither that show, actually? No. You no. Oh, okay. Um, I think Got he was it. a Maze Runner as well, I think, or Divergent, yeah. one, of those, one of those films. Um, I hope it wasn't Divergent. That was fucking one of those, garbage. One of those films. Ugh. Um, <laughs> uh, oh no, he was a maze runner. He was the, he was the lead character in the maze runner. Um, you know, um, and, and you know that, that you're getting, so, you know, most of the time it's just him and the dog though, which I love. Um, it gives us sort of like a fallout feel where he's just him and his dog roaming through like this, this wasteland. Um, so yeah, um, now I'm going to sort of spoil just for the sake of talking something that is kind of disappointing to me for this film. Um, 
So if you don't want to hear anything else about this film and you like what you've heard, I don't think overall you're going to be disappointed with this film. I think it's a good film. From a, it's a fun film. Um, so okay. that that's it. Now, um, this film really sets up like um, tr- it spends a lot of time making you focus on like his journey like he's becoming a better person right he's he's become you know these trials and these failures right michael rooker even says to him like um what's going to keep you alive is your instincts and your instincts only grow from your failures if you survive your failures you're going to have better instincts and you're going to survive right um so that's like a central theme of this film is like the journey in our failures make us better people right so when he gets to this place where his um, long-lost love is, um, they basically have a conversation like, dude, it's been seven years. I've fallen in love with a different dude. Um, he's died. I'm not in a place for a relationship, which I was like, damn, that is great. I can't believe this film, um, this really elevated this film for me. Like, you know. I, I can't believe you fell for that. I, can't I did, believe man. You, I shouldn't have, but I did. One. Um, but because like, even he like like, sits down and he's like, you know what? It's fine. Right. Like, it's fine. I'm glad I did this. I'm a better person for having done it. Even though we're Uh not going to be in a relationship. As he writes it, you're his fucking, uh, fucking blog spot or whatever. (laughs) But, you know, um, then it turns out there's these pirates, um, who have hoodwinked them into tying them up and stealing their food and feeding them to this giant crab that's leading their ship that they live on in the water because they don't have fuel for it. And it's a gr- the crab looks fucking amazing. Um, and then he just sort of wins and nice guys his way. And of course, the guy who's like the lead pirate who's pretending is super sexy. So he's just like, oh God, this guy's stepping into my girl, right? Um... And then he sort of just nice guys his way into them kissing and hugging at the end, which I think is just problematic. Oh, like I just amazing. Think... No, it sounds amazing. Sounds like a great, great move. I'm I'm excited to see the dino- the look of the dinosaurs and the creatures. They're not dinosaurs, but they're fucking human crap. I mean, I will say at the end, Andrew, they don't quote unquote end up together because he goes back to save his people. Um, but like, it's clear that they're like, oh, we love each other now. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, dude, right. can't you just have had the balls to just be like, oh, well, I just need to work on myself like that. Imagine how great of, it even goes along with the theme of the movie. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, yeah, but like that, that never fucking happened. Well, that's what it made it great. That. That's what it made it great. And you're right. I, Wait a minute. it but, just takes the film down a notch for me, for me. Fair. No, totally fair. Um, this, I think this has is like in the '90s on Rotten Tomato, um, and I can I guess I can see why, especially right now. But like, I don't know. Rotten Tomato is just like it didn't offend anyone really. Like that's what that is, right? Like that. Well, that is what that is. Like Rotten Tomato. If you say something's fresh, it's just like not offensive. Like that can be like a three star movie, really. Like I guess. Um, like uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's just really disappointing, you know, and, and disappointing because it sets up like it's it's one thing to be just dumb and use tropes you've seen a hundred times, which is bad, right? It's another thing to n- purposely show that you know what those tropes are and then do them anyways. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. I get and that really anyways rubs me the wrong. But that's it. That's all I have to say about Love Monsters. No, no that that's, that's fair. That's fair. Um, 
as you can tell, was not well. It wasn't a very crazy year for cinema in general, uh, but you know, monster movies especially. There was not a whole lot, but you know, there was still quite a bit, uh, and there actually were some good ones, um, like Notzilla, regardless of what Jason says. It's trash. Um, <laughs> anywhere that people can find you on the internet. Jason. Batitude 86 on Twitter. Uh, I'm on my own podcast, Moments of Madness. Um, you can check out the Madness Box on Twitter and find that, that podcast, uh, Social Issues Through Television. I also have a podcast, uh, Generation Intonation, where I talk about uh, albums the year I was um, in high school as a freshman in the year my daughter is, which is right now. Um, and talk about them every other week. Right now we have coming out, uh, we talked about BTS's new album, B. And from mine, we talked about Alice in Chains' Dirt from 1992. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Interesting. wow. 1992 and culture didn't exist. <laughs> um, there was a culture. It was just, uh, you know, it was, uh, it, was, it was very bleak. It was a wasteland of culture, you know. <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> That sounds really great, though. People should definitely check that out. Oh, thanks. Um, thanks for shitting on my podcast. I appreciate that. What? Andrew. That sounded, I said it sounds really great. I, I said it was the notzilla of podcasts. <laughs> we actually have jokes to tell, so that's not true. If you enjoy this podcast, you can always rank us five stars on whatever platform you are ranking things on. You can subscribe to us. You can email us at milkshazimimosas at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at mpodcastm or follow me personally on Twitter at at nerd. And if you really like this podcast, you can join the Patreon, which is also under milkshazimimosas, um, even though it's Mostly Triassic Park, as far as the extras go. Whatever, I do what I want. Thank you, and have a great day. Bye. Bye.